0: hello and welcome back to another episode of social small business the podcast where we talk about what lee
1: all things small business small but business. we also vary and talk about other topics like have guests Our last guest was Brett Williamson talking about family business. And today we're going to veer off topic a little bit. One of my favorite topics actually is leadership. And when I was thinking about leadership, one person kept coming to mind who I hear from other people and I've witnessed to as an excellent leader, Dr. Kevin Klein with Lakeway Christian Schools is joining us today to discuss leadership.
0: Insert applause here. I don't, I don't have any applause sound
1: effects. But. <laughs> Welcome and thank you. I know you're super busy. Um, is it okay if I start off by saying something someone said about him? That um, works for him?
0: First do we should we introduce you a little bit can you tell us just like the elevator pitch of Dr. Kevin Klein? oh
2: that's
1: a good idea
0: yeah. just introduce yeah. yourself
2: let him know really who you quickly. are yeah so my name is Kevin Klein. Uh, I um, ha- have been in leadership and educational leadership for probably about 10 years and so I have been in public sector and private sector um, I and that's kind of my wheelhouse that's what I read that's what I study that's what I am uh, but like who I am I think you know when you say about like give me your speech of who you are I mean I always want to be known as um, a believer right so my faith in Christ is obviously paramount of who I am the second piece is always going to be I'm Mandy's husband so if you know me then you know her Um, and then uh, a dad so I have two boys Brody and Rex and so really that's the center of who I am you're Uh, a cat dad too I am a cat dad unfortunately yes Uh, actually a lot of
1: animals you got bunnies and
2: yeah, so there's dogs. all kinds of, my house is also a funny farm, so we have not started a small <laughs> business yet of, of a petting well, zoo, but we possibly could you be doing could. that in the spring, so stay if tuned.
1: It has anything to do with it. <laughs> Absolutely. Mine yeah.
0: is, my house is a funny farm as well, but it's only because I have five kids. Oh, so
2: yeah.
1: I don't know what's You've worse, got a dog, actually. too. He two, just said you just dogs. don't claim him. We've
0: mm-hmm. got two dogs.
2: With five kids, you don't have time to claim them.
0: No, listen, when we got our dogs, I said, hey. These aren't my dogs. I'm not taking care of them. Mm. So, like, when they got to go out, that's the kids' job. That's what he says
1: about the cats. Right. And then Mandy sends me pictures of the cat cuddling, cuddling with them. Him. Yeah. yeah. And uh, <laughs> when it gets
2: cold outside, now it is my responsibility <laughs> oh, to take care of <laughs> there them. There you go. If it's raining or dark. So, yeah.
0: yeah. So, uh, all you people out there with no pets yet uh, that might be getting pets, just keep that in mind. You will be taking care of them.
1: Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> okay, moving on. Um, I did ask a couple of people who currently work under your leadership. and one of one of the things they said was, Dr. Klein leads with integrity, but also a servant's heart. He leads us to keep Christ first, but to also prioritize our families. And I think that's huge, and, I, and I've seen that. She went on to say his leadership fully supports my role as a Christian educator, but also my role as a believer, wife, and parent. As a teacher under his leadership, I feel valued. And that my input is taken and considered during decision making, I think that's huge a lot of breaking that down, I think that's huge valued your her input is taken and considered. I think you know some leaders fail in that aspect,
0: yeah, do you know who was that said that are we going to tell him who
2: said this? want to guess know, who said I, I, I don't know who said We actually paid very somebody very on fiber to write well, that. We appreciate No, we did <laughs> not. <just> that <laughs> was a strong. second grade. Yeah. That
1: was your son's second grade oh, teacher. Oh, that's great. So, yeah.
2: Who is the teacher of the year? Who is By the, the teacher, okay. Of, okay. The multi- uh, teacher
1: of the year? Hamley County teacher of the year. Yeah, yes. Fantastic. Miss um, Amanda Lace. I think
0: the word that stuck out to me was one of the first words, integrity. And when I think about my own life, that... I hope that's the word that people associate with me is that I'm a man of integrity Mm. Um, because that speaks volumes, I believe. And the fact that somebody said that about you, man, I would take that as a huge compliment.
1: So integrity is something that makes a good leader. What else makes a good leader? Dr. Klein.
2: I mean, I, I would agree. I mean, I think, you know, as leaders, and you, no one's going to agree with everything you do. But if they do believe that you are are leading with integrity, then I think that is a huge piece of that. So do you yeah, think that
1: sets the tone for everybody yeah. else to have uh, trust. integrity? I yeah. think
2: and trust is a piece. People are going to follow their example. So if they know you're doing things the right way, then I think they're going to want to do things the right way. Um, when I think about a good leader, I think about inspiring a vision, which creates change. Um, but I think there's some specific things that kind of go with that. And so the first thing is I would say serving. So I think great leaders serve each other. They serve others. They serve people in their leadership team. They serve people in all levels of the organization. You know, I think that's pivotal. You because, serve
1: alongside a lot of your yeah, staff. I've mm-hmm. seen you... you to the point you even pick up chairs after events.
2: So. Yeah, I think that you want, uh, you you can't expect others to do things you're not willing to do. And so to be a great organization, everybody has to have the belief that there's no task that's below them. Every Everybody's valuable. I and mean, we can't really create that vision and create that culture of everybody being valuable if every task is not valuable. Right. Because that completely delineates a level of, you know, of classifications. Um I think you just read a quote from Miss Lay. So one of the things that I believe in is that great leaders attract great people on their teams um, and they have the confidence in who they are, that they are never uh, worrisome about, oh, I'm bringing in people that may be more talented, that may know things more than me or maybe better than I am or whatever the case may be. My goal every time I hire someone is that they're better than me, like that's my goal. Uh, because if I'm the smartest person in the room or I'm the person that's leading everything, then it's just as good as me, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and I know no, that's not going to make organizational change happen. So, I mean, I think that's that's key, um, and Ms. Lay is a great example of that. Yeah, um, I think inspiring people, you know, you talked about that briefly. I think accountability, um, you can't really hold people accountable without integrity, right, because accountability means that we're creating change after we recognize things that we need to improve on, um, and people aren't going to follow people they don't trust. Uh, we are studying a book right now on our team called Leadership Pain, and it's this idea that basically leaders can only be as successful as or impactful as the amount of pain they're willing to endure. So that's a totally different perspective on leadership.
1: Change is hard.
2: Uh, change is hard. You know, change is difficult, um, and it requires endurance. And so, um, so there is a lot of truth to that. That as a leader, you got to serve people, build them up, create a great team, all these things. But also, at the end of the day, you have to be willing to you know, to, to endure the hard things and, and do the hard things. And I think that's really, really important. So, uh, tagging on to that, how do you create
0: a culture where you as a leader, let's say, Lee and myself, we work underneath you. How do you create the culture where we feel comfortable enough to come to you when we feel like... Hey you know Dr. Klein we we had this thing and and you made this comment and like I think you were a little off base there. Do you do you ever have people come up to you and a, and kind of I don't know how to how to word it but just directly say and feel open enough to say mm-hmm. to you like I don't think you handled that situation the best way possible.
2: Yeah, absolutely. so you you establish that culture by always seeking input to begin with. so like open the door by saying, hey um, for example today to be prepared for this, there's people on my team that I think are great leaders and so um, I started thinking of ideas and crafting together some things that I wanted to say how can I communicate what effective leadership looks like? So I sent those thoughts to people in my leadership team and said, hey here's what I'm doing here's where I'm going give me some feedback and so they do and so you have to know that over time that takes time it takes trust but at the beginning they don't they don't give you a lot of feedback right they're like oh everything looks great nothing to see here sir you're doing wonderful i call uh, it the honeymoon
1: period yeah, yeah 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 when you're new even when parents are new at the sure. school there's a honeymoon period there is, and then yeah. they get comfortable
2: and then they'll the be like well hey here's but the i think
1: i think that yeah. you've made people feel comfortable and mm. giving that feedback you don't just ask it from your team but you're Uh, investors Mm -hmm. like the people that choose to go to school there you ask for their feedback too. yeah
2: absolutely I mean I think from in my business of Christian education independent school world you know families are pivotal so when you talk about leading I think you're also leading those families right so you create the same culture in your leadership team as you do your families it's the same philosophy why more people that are able to look at it the more people that are able to bring their experiences their skills their knowledge the greater product we're going to have at the end you know and so I think you open the door um, and then how you respond to that so if you're getting continual feedback about something, um, you know, even if it's not, even if you don't agree with it, you got to consider it. Right. And so there are some things that I don't waver on my commitment to who we are, our values, our beliefs, uh, regardless of the feedback we receive. I'm going to always hold that flag. But if it's, a, if it's actually operational, but something that we can improve on that's not something that's a mainstay, uh, then taking that feedback and using it. Because then that creates that contagious atmosphere of, I helped increase the productivity here. I helped increase our impact here. So how can I keep feeding into that as a team? You know, and then finally it's recognizing that. So in a, in meetings and wherever I'm at, families that come to me and provide feedback, when we make change, um, you know, then we want to go back to those folks and thank them. So Hey, thank you so much for your help here, for input here. Um, I was focused on this a certain way, and you helped a new perspective. So recognizing, um, inviting their their feedback, using their feedback, and then thanking them or or praising them for that courage and that ability, right, and the skills that they brought to to whatever problem or issue we were looking at.
1: Well, speaking of your team, um, for the people that walk as a leader, get hired on and already have a team established, Mm -hmm. how do you – Earn that trust. I mean, you you walked into a situation where there was already a team in place. You went in Mm mid-year, so how do you earn that trust and how do you build those relationships?
2: Yeah, I think it's over time. You know, I think time is just a is a really key piece to everything. Um, But but I think they have to see how you. Do everything. Are you really treating the the person in the custodian in your building with the same respect that you do uh, a parent that maybe is influential in your community or a, or a person of your leadership team? So, are you really walking the walk and kind of talking the talk? Um, is is a big piece of that. The second part is, though, I think, is that um, they have to see you make decisions, and they my team should know what the decision is going to be before I make it. Because they should know my values, my beliefs, and they should be able to predict, in general, where we're going to go, what we're going to do. I'm not talking about being innovative. I'm not talking about a brainstorming session. We're going to come up with ideas to be impactful or how do we need to make decisions on new curriculum opportunities or new extracurricular opportunities or whatever the case may be for our students. I'm not saying that. We don't want to be bland we don't want to be predictable in those things but in decision making process when we're talking about solving problems and looking at issues and things of that nature they need to know at the end of the day these are the mainstays that he's going to always look at and those are going to start with who we are what we believe where we're going how we treat people right and so those things i think they should be able to predict and so at that point then they're comfortable with you right so i have time i have predictability they know my values and beliefs um, and, and it's just it's this is a continual effort to build relationships. So as a school, we do not want to be transactional. I tell families all the time, I don't want you to drop your child off, think that you're going to pay your tuition, and then we're going to take care of all things educational in life, right? Like, that's yeah. not what we want. So relational equity. How do you build that over time, purposeful, um, building relationships with them? How's your family? How's your cat? How's your dog, right? Like, all the <laughs> things that, that people look in, like, you want to build that intentionally, um, even though, for me, I'm, I'm actually pretty introverted, Right. Uh, So I have to go out of my comfort zone there to help do that because you can't make the biggest impact unless you have strong relationships with people you're working with.
1: Brooks is introverted, too. Yeah. So I'm not. I am not.
0: It sounds like a huge part of that um, to kind of sum up a lot of what you just said. To me, the key component is communication. Mm -hmm. So when you think about that is that something that you feel like you've always naturally been good at or is that something you've had to work on really hard over the course
2: of your leadership career yeah I have to I have to be very systematic in communication so I have to have a very structured approach and so um if you start with teachers that's going to be on nearly weekly me going to them and and shooting them emails and reminders because now we're an organization of over 200 employees and over uh, nearly 1500 students and so day to day contact with each person's impossible so we got to use different modalities whether it be social media whether it be a newsletter emails whatever That that's a that's a piece I want to have a systematic approach to tell them what's going on the other piece of that is though is just being available so I could go to my office every day from 7 to 7 and shut the door and I could work and be productive and do great things uh, but I set intentional times in my calendar that I have to get that I go out and I, I talk with students So, I think everyone should eat lunch with middle school boys. I think that's like (laughs) should be a life skill that everyone should have. Uh, So, I go and eat lunch with students. I go to the teacher's lounge and talk with them. I go before school. I go after school at events. Um, So, there has to be person to person. Um, contact. If not, then then my role just becomes a decision maker, not a leader, yeah. right? Not a, just a boss, not a leader. Um, yeah. And so I really think that you know you just have to be intentional in going out and doing that. I have, for me personally, because I can become so focused, I have to set parameters in place, systems in place, or I will just simply work, you yeah. know. Yeah. And so it's not it's not something that comes natural to me at all. Okay.
0: Well, in in saying that what are some ways that you grow in your leadership or have grown in your leadership?
2: Yeah. I mean, I think the first thing I would say is that I think that I believe that you cannot be your best self, uh, without, without growing your relationship with Christ, because I think that is who I am. That can't be taken out of my role as a leader, as a dad, as a husband, anything right. I have to continually invest in my, in my relationship with Christ. Um, I also don't think you can have sustained success without that. I think that that's what builds us, gives us strength, build a persevere, all things. Um, second thing I do is I'm always reading. So I'm always reading books, always reading articles, always um, listening to different modalities of whether it be a podcast like this or whether it be, um, you know, NPR radio interview on a random person or a random inventory, a random interest or random anything. I think that we can always learn from different folks in different areas of, of business and industry. And so I'm always pursuing that. Um, I think you got to serve people. I mean, you, you got to be willing to go and and help with the trash and help with the things. Like on Friday, I will spend a half a day teaching fifth grade students math, and so and I'm not shying away. It's fractions that day, right? So like we're Ooh. teaching, yeah, I'm teaching addition and subtract of, of fractions, and so you know I do that because my main group of folks I'm leading are students and teachers. That's the greatest number of those, and so I, I don't want to forget what that's like. Mm-hmm. So I, you grow by what is it like? I what think you learn you through service hmm? too. Mm
1: -hmm. a lot about other people you can learn through that service either it's it's about your students or your teachers
2: I mean I think reflect I wrote that down as something I think is important I think you got to be able to reflect on your own practice reflect on where you're doing where you are where you're going final thing is though I think is ask um, so if I'm meeting with anyone, I don't want to be the person talking. I want to be the person that's asking the questions, right? Can, how, what can I learn from you? What, what are you doing? How are you doing this differently? And so the ability to, you know, be humble enough to realize you don't know every answer to every question, you know, ultimately is how you go as a leader. Mm-hmm. Um, but all those things, I think, kind of is all just information seeking. And I think that's how you really grow.
1: So it's all, not all sunshine and rainbows being a leader. So what's something that as a leader gets under your skin about those the people mm.
2: you're leaving, Yeah. I, apathy is, the to me, the thing that um, just absolutely drives me crazy. Like, I can't handle it. I can't stand it. It's repulsive. I would even say it's repulsive to, uh, <laughs> to be apathetic or to not care, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and so you want to create a culture an organization in which people are working hard toward the goal, and they, they feel free that I can make mistakes. And so we have that culture. We've created that culture over two years where people are going after it every day, and that means that they're going to miss right they're going to they're going to miss the target I'm perfectly fine with that if you're working hard. If you're doing what's best, if you're trying your very best to make an impact on the lives of students um, and you make mistakes, fantastic, right? Uh, but if you don't care and you don't have the energy and the effort uh, to make an impact, then this is all the place for you. Like I tell people that all the time. If you don't love Jesus, you don't love kids, Lakewood Christian Schools is not the place for you. Mm-hmm. Um, and so if you truly love uh, children and you love Christ, I think you want to do everything to the glory of Him. Mm-hmm. And you realize how important, how powerful precious uh that each child is right so we're not just dealing with a product in a factory we're dealing with people's literal lives right and so um if you don't value that um i can't work with you that's a non-negotiable so
0: i'm gonna pop in here have you heard of the past couple years the the term the phrase quiet quitting Mm -hmm. yeah um especially i think over the course of the pandemic Mm -hmm. and and now uh, are you familiar with this, Lee? No. So mm-hmm. quiet, uh, there's a lot of talk going on about quiet quitting. And what it is uh, when you talk about apathy is basically employees who say, you know what, I'm not, I hate my job, but I'm not going to quit it. I'm, I'm just going to do as little as possible. I'm just going to show up to work, do what I can to get through the day, get my paycheck and be done. And so they're kind of just creating this this distance between any investment that they may make and just getting a paycheck and being done with don't it. Don't
1: you feel like that flows over to other aspects of your life, though? Mm-hmm.
0: Oh, sure. That, that
1: apathy just and I and I've seen that through the pandemic too. You become like, well, you know, I don't I don't want to go to that event anymore. I don't want to do this fundraiser because we didn't have to do it. It's like that's I feel like that's quiet quitting to you slowly or backing out of the things you used to do um, because you're not invested in it.
0: Hey, thanks so much for joining us this week. I want to interrupt to tell you that you're actually listening to part one of a two-part episode. We will be uploading part two next week, the rest of our interview with Dr. Kevin Klein. So we're sorry to keep you waiting, but we will be celebrating Thanksgiving with our families. We won't be recording a new episode, but we wanted to give you all something to listen to over the thanksgiving break so with that said we hope you have a fantastic thanksgiving and wish you and your family the best from all of us at South marketing group